Well, good morning, everyone, and uh, happy Boxing Day. Okay. And uh, I just wanted to say, uh, I know a number of you were praying this week. Um, you meant, I think a number of you knew that I had a funeral this week that came upon us quite suddenly. And um, so on Wednesday, we had the funeral. His name was Tom. And um, thank you for praying for those of you who did. I appreciate it a lot. Uh, as far as funerals go, I think it went well. Uh, there were mostly uh, believers in the room, some family members uh, not believers, and the gospel was there gently and carefully and thoughtfully, and uh, so that was good. But we also gave time to grieve, which is important, gave time to encourage and bless one another and comfort one another, uh, spent quite a bit of time remembering um, Tom's, uh, Tom's life, which is important. And, uh, of course, reflected on our own destiny. Every funeral anticipates our own, right? So thank you. Thank you for, uh, for praying for that. Another thing I want to say before, and, and thank you for allowing me to come and be part of your, part of your uh, Christmas season. And this has been very special, very special for me. And uh, just really, I've really enjoyed the time to prepare these sermons for you. Um, some of them reviewing some old ones that I've done before, but then bringing them into some new light and new realities. And it's been so studied throughout the week uh, in preparation for each Sunday. It's just been a real blessing and a real joy for me to uh, engage in this kind of work. And I want to say, um, you, you've, I, you know this, but you've, you folks are blessed. Um, Blessed with your congregation, blessed with your folks who care for certain things and various things around. But I want to I give a shout out to uh, Stephanie, uh, your church administrator. Um, she's fantastic, okay? You, do, you need to know that from someone from the outside. Um, ever since Dr. Fowler uh, had a stroke... For whatever reason, I got connected with here and with her. I'm not sure how it all happened. But she has been sending me updates every week, uh, bringing me up to speed on what she had heard about what was going on in Stan's life. And just faithfully and quietly and, and unassumedly doing her work. And, uh, and she's been fantastic. So I think you all know that, but you might as well hear it from somebody who is not inside the, uh, inside the system, as it were. Um, Pastor Sam, of course, <laughs> what can you say other than he's a man of grace and just a man of love and, uh, and just deeply, deeply appreciated by me. He's been so good to me. And then I need to give a shout out to Jessica. Um, she's been fantastic. Um, I work, uh, you know, in, in, in moving from different churches to different churches, the vast majority of musical worship leaders are very cooperative, very helpful, very much willing to, to kind of blend in with, with what I'm doing. Um, some are not. <laughs> I've run a couple of, couple of churches that, uh, yeah, um, this person had their own idea of how things ought to go, and... Um, he was going to follow that track and ignore anything I was going to do. If one of them was really quite bad, actually. One church I was in, 
he was almost contradicting to what I was saying in the sermon. But anyhow, whatever. Um, but, but Jessica has been absolutely fantastic. Uh, she's prepared my PowerPoints week after week, and then she's blended the music into uh, some of the things I'm, I'm talking about. And so just, just thank you. And I've already sent her a note saying all that, so she's probably heard enough, but um, uh, you need to hear it. Uh, one day in, in the wanderings of my mind, <laughs> which uh, sometimes often go in places where they ought not to go, um, I wondered, if God was going to be a father of a baby, what would he name the baby? I know, that's a really odd thought, but whatever. But it's kind of fun to think about the Trinity putting the plan of redemption together, including, including sending the second person of the Trinity to, to, to earth and coming as a baby. And then, and then it would be interesting to listen to the discussion about uh, what they were going to name the baby that was going to be sent to earth. What would God name his baby? We all know that names in the Bible are important. They indicated who these people were and their importance in the biblical story. And we have names like Adam, the dirt man. That's what the word means, Adam. Eve, the mother of living. Isaac, laughter. Jonah, Yonah, in Hebrew means dove. And Hosea had some things to say about doves. <laughs> Basically, witless and flighty. Hmm. I wonder if Jonah fits his name. Solomon, Sholomo, S-H-L-M, right? Man of peace, Shalom. And then Peter. Of course, Jesus identified that one, right? And called him Rocky. You are Petra, Peter, on this rock. Juliet asked Romeo, what's in a name? And she answered her own question, that which we call a rose by any other word would smell as sweet. In other words, for Juliet, the name Rose was not all that important. Perhaps true, fair Juliet, but we are, we are people, not plants. And even today, our identity is wrapped up in our names. Just try calling someone by another first name or forgetting it or just blowing it. How does that person feel? Just try changing someone's name. Something that happened, by the way, to our First Nations, the children of our First Nations people, which was a horrific tragedy. Our names stand at the heart of our identity and sense of value. So back to the question, what would God name his son? That child that was sent into the world to bring salvation and God's kingdom to earth. And we know that one name did not or could not capture all that child was and was to be. And, and so he had many names. And we know the name Jesus, of course was one of the names that he had, named Savior, and of course meant Savior. Emmanuel was another name that he had, God with us, one that we know well this time of year. But there's one text in the Bible that really helps us with all this, and it's found in the Old Testament. 
And in the ancient sacred writings of the prophet Isaiah in chapter 9, and I will encourage you to find a Bible or find it on your phone or whatever you can, find Isaiah chapter 9, and I'm going to read the first seven verses. Isaiah 9, verses 1 to 7. Nevertheless, there will be no more gloom for those who were in distress. In the past, he humbled the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, but in the future, he will honor Galilee of the nations by the way of the sea beyond the Jordan. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. You have enlarged the nation and increased their joy. They rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest, as warriors rejoice when dividing the plunder. For as in the day of Midian's defeat, you have shattered the yoke that burdens them, the bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor. Every warrior's boot used in battle and every garment rolled in blood will be destined for burning, will be fuel for the fire. For unto us a child is born and unto us a son is given and the government will be upon his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor. Mighty God, everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Now the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and uphold it, upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. And the zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. So we are reading of a coming kingdom of peace and the king that will bring that peace and that is the candle we are celebrating today the candle of peace and in verse 6 in particular we find the names that God gave his son the names of that king that will bring righteousness justice and peace and it seems to me if that we are going to call ourselves followers of God's son citizens of that kingdom, we'd better know who he is and what he's all about is intended by God when he named his son. And thank you for, the, for those of you who put the, uh, put the names on the wall. That was great. I saw them going up as I came in, and I thought, wow, that's cool. Um, I'm glad somebody picked up on that. So whoever did that, thank you. That, that's really cool. So the names... And the first name we find, Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, the second part. The first name is Wonderful. Now, sometimes it's linked together, and it's linked together probably in your Bible as Wonderful Counselor. And it could be read that way in the Hebrew text. It could be taken that way. But another thing that I really enjoyed was our two violinists playing Handel's Messiah, and Handel got it right when he formed the music and the words, and he separated wonderful, counselor, mighty God, etc. You don't want me singing. And so Handel got it right, I think, and I do separate those two words. So while wonderful counselor may be a, a notion that could be taken together, I really do think we need to see them as wonderful and then counselor, and then, of course, we could blend them. So the word means, the word wonderful, it's a Hebrew word, pala. And it means wonder worker or miracle worker. And Jesus, of course, was that, right? 
And it's interesting, back in the days of the judges, there was a man by the name of Manoah. And Manoah was uh, out in the field along with his wife, and they were working, and they were separated doing different things. And a man of God, a, uh, uh, and we, some kind of messenger from God, appeared to Manoah's wife and said, you're going to have a son, and you're going, you're going to, I, I want to talk to you about something, and, and bring, bring, every, bring your husband. And so they, they got together, and they had an altar, and they killed the fatted calf, and, 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 and uh, made a barbecue out of the fatted calf. They had a meal together, and he told them, you're going to have a son. His name is going to be Samson. He's going to be a Nazarite, and all the things that go along with that. But as they are eating the meal together near the end of it, uh, Manoah kind of throws up his hand and says, oh no, uh, I've made a huge mistake here. I've never asked you your name. What is your name? And the uh, messenger said, why do you ask me my name, seeing that it is, it's the same Hebrew word, pala, wonderful. And with that, the angel, messenger from God, whoever that was, rose up into heaven in the smoke of the fire and the sacrifice. Miraculous, wonderful, amazing. <laughs> the story ends with Manoah saying to his wife, oh no, we're going to die, we've just seen God. <laughs> Manoah's wife says, uh, I think we're okay. If we're going to die, he'd have killed us by now, so we're good. <laughs> I, I, that's such a cool response. You've got to look it up, okay? Judges 13. Go home and look it up. It, she actually says that. It's hilarious. It's wonderful. Miracle worker. That's the word. Pala, wonder worker. That was the name that God gave his son. And, of course, while on the earth... The first time Jesus did lots of miracles, he, he healed the sick, he raised the dead, he turned the water into wine, he calmed storms, and, and people were amazed by his wonders and miracles, and they were all signs of his messiahship. But further, it's not over yet. There are yet more to come. Christ's return is imminent, and it will be miraculous. The final judgment of the earth is impending, and it will be done by the wonder worker. And there's a, there is coming the establishment of, an, a new, of the new creation. We sang about it as this old world's ultimate destiny, and it will be done miraculously with powers and wonders. Just read through the book of Revelation. So we serve and worship Jesus born in Bethlehem, whose name is Wonderful. And we can trust on our, our lives and our future to him. But his name will also be called Counselor. Jesus is the ultimate and final counselor. He is the embodiment of all wisdom and successful living. A couple of chapters later, Isaiah wrote, the spirit of the Lord will rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. Paul in Romans eleven thirty four, who has known the mind of the Lord or who has been his counselor? And so you see, as we come to Jesus, as we embrace the life and the character of Jesus and all that Jesus taught, as we embrace the morality, the ethics, the spirituality that Jesus taught and lived, as we embrace the Beatitudes, Blessed are the 
poor in spirit. Blessed are the meek. Blessed are the merciful. Blessed are the poor. Blessed are the peacemakers. As we embrace the Sermon on the Mount, turn the other cheek, go the extra mile. As we embrace the teaching in the upper room about the ultimate wisdom of loving and washing each other's feet, as we embrace the instruction of the disciples that servanthood, suffering, sacrifice, and even death for the cause of the mission is the path to fulfillment and peace, as we embrace all that Jesus taught and lived and taught as a wisdom teacher, as a sage, We live wisely. We live skillfully. We live successfully in the world that he created. You know, these values that I've just talked about seem so distant from how we've been taught to think. Power, wealth, safety, comfort, and leisure. These are ultimate values. That we, that's what we are taught. And we, are, we need to know that we are called to be living according to wise counsel. Wise counsel found in Jesus and the Jesus path. And the farther we get away from Jesus and the Jesus path, the more our lives will be messed up. Wonderful. Counselor. Mighty God. He will be called Mighty God. And I love the Hebrew here. The, the word is El Gabor. Sounds mighty, doesn't it? He's the El Gabor. Got to say it with a little bit of rumble, right? For sure. The hero God, the warrior God. He is the God who first came to Jerusalem on a donkey, coming as a king in peace, who will someday come on a white stallion with a sword proceeding out of his mouth. He's the God of justice that will set the world to rights. He's the hero God from whom a mere word leveled a contingent of Roman soldiers in the Garden of Gethsemane. In a world of chaos and confusion, we ask the question, has anybody got this thing under control? In a world of Af Afghanistan, of the Taliban, of a worldwide pandemic, is there an El Gabor anywhere? In a world today in which some of our brothers and sisters in the Christian faith will die today. for their faith. Is there an El Gabor? And the answer is Jesus is the El Gabor. No, we don't understand how God works in the world. No, we don't understand why things are the way they are. No, we can't see the hidden hand of God working his sovereign plan and bringing about his eternal kingdom. But somehow we have to take confidence and refuge in God's son named El Gabor. The psalmist shouted, what a wonderful reading out of Psalm 2. Kiss the son, lest he become angry and you perish in the way. The name that God gave his son is Mighty God, Hero God, Warrior God, El Gabor. But then, huh, he's called Everlasting Father. So here we have the other side, Abba, Abba Father, 
And it isn't interesting that God names the second person of the Trinity everlasting Father. Why? Because Jesus embodies all that a father is and is to be. Gentle, loving, caring, firm, slow to anger, but great in power, strong, provider and protector. Not every father or every mother, for that matter, is a good father or good mother. Sometimes it is difficult to speak of our mother or our father, and I understand that. But Jesus is forever our father. And fatherhood is shaped by him. Remember the time when those moms brought the kids to Jesus? Remember what happened? The disciples turned them away, right? Oh, he's too busy. Go away. The master's too busy for you. Do you remember what happened? Let me, let me read what happened, okay? People were bringing little children to Jesus for him to place his hands on them, but the disciples rebuked them. When Jesus saw this, he was indignant, and he said to them, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Truly, I tell you, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. And he took the children in his arms, and he placed his hands on them and blessed them. Everlasting Father. Jesus is forever our Father. Fatherhood is shaped by him. He takes us, his children, and he sets us on his knee and he puts his arms around us. And he hugs us and he says, I'm so glad you're my kid. Everlasting father. Gives us that fatherly bear hug. And you know what? He's that kind of father for eternity, everlasting father. And as his followers, we need to know that. And then lastly, wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace. Shar Shalom. It's got a ring to it, doesn't it? Shar Shalom. And today, we have the candle of peace burning song of the angels was glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to those with whom he is well pleased in a world that seems to be at war everywhere in families that are broken by warring spirits in workplaces and sports teams that are fractured by fights over power and position in churches that find themselves warring over the response to the pandemic. In nations that are divided and at war among themselves, Jesus can and does bring peace. But most importantly for every one of us, every one of us who are at war with God because of sin and curse, Jesus brings peace, peace and reconciliation with God because he is the prince of peace. A prince in an ox stall, a prince as a child fugitive, a prince as a Galilean peasant, a prince as a rabbi teaching and modeling what God's kingdom is all about, a prince as a back, lash, thorn embedded, forehead, iron, spiked, crucified son of God, king of the Jews. And her prince is a resurrected, ascended, and victorious king. He brings peace.
as the Shar Shalom, the Prince of Peace. While a white dove symbolizes peace, the white dove is drenched in blood, but wears a golden crown. Why? For you and for me to gain our peace, our peace with God. What are we supposed to do? Simply repent and believe. To as many as received him, to those who believed on his name, to them he gave the right to become the children of God. So I stop and ask, are we all at peace with God here today? Do we all have peace with God through faith in the Prince of Peace? What's in a name? What would God name his son? I want you to listen to a free verse poem that at that time she was a, shepherd, she was a student of mine in a class that I was teaching on the book of Isaiah. She is now a colleague with me uh, at the seminary in Bible College. Her name is Marianne Vanderboom. And after I worked through this text in that class, saying a lot of the things that I've just said to you today, she wrote this free verse poem. So I'd like to read it to you. I have her, her permission to do so. God, if you were going to have a son, what would you call his name? How about grandmaster over all the universe or potentate supreme above all potentates? Or the untouchable one, unattainable and exalted? Would you call him glorious one, majestic one, king? For surely he would be all these if you were going to have a son. What would you call him? My child, I would call him wonderful. Beyond understanding, leaving you speechless, you would see him in the awesome sweep of a mountain, in the breathtaking roar of an ocean wave, in the fiery flash of a lightning strike, but you would see him in small things too. You would see him in a simple daisy striving to the light, in a butterfly dashing color from its wings as it flits from flower to flower. You will see him as a newborn infant squalling as he enters your cold and dark world. My God, that is beyond understanding. It leaves me speechless. He is wonderful. I would call him counselor. Not a road map laying out your whole journey before you so that all is clear and you need no, no one to help, help no one else along the way, but a compass. When you feel like you have hopelessly lost the way, you must listen for his voice carefully as he coaches and coaxes through his word, through his spirit, and through the hands of fellow pilgrims who reach out to you to help you, to hold you, and cheer you on. He will give you enough that you can find your way through the morass of your broken world, but not too much so that you can do it alone. In my wisdom, I will call him counselor, and he will guide you home. I would call him mighty God, a fearsome warrior. He stands, teeth bared, eyes glaring, sword drawn, crouched protectively over the cowering child at his feet and poised to crush those who would try to harm this little one of his. 
A mighty man, he looks down upon the world and holds even the chaos in his hand so that when your world is upended, you can know that he is there. When your enemies rise against you, you can trust that he will fight. When you look around you and see a world gone mad and out of control, you can trust that he holds the world greater than any colossus. He bestrides the universe as mighty God. I would call him everlasting father. Mighty God with you. God come near. He will enter your world, become part of your life. His hands, hands and his arms will be strong and gentle as he teaches you how to walk and carries you close when you are too weary to continue. His smile will be broad. His laugh will shake his shoulders as he takes pride in your successes and delights in your delight. His tears will track down his cheeks and drip from his chin. When he sees your struggles and feels your heartaches, he will crouch down to you as you run and bury your face in the arms of your everlasting father. I would call him Prince of Peace. When you hide from a holy God in the bushes of shame and fear, trembling because of the sin you have committed against this righteous one, he will seek you out and offer to be your peace treaty. When you find yourself at war with others, he will give you the courage to offer peace from the peace he has given you. When you lie awake at night and the darkness presses hot upon your heart and you are lashed by the winds of worry and dread, he will stride across the waves of your storms and cry out, peace be still. You will sleep like a child, the lines of worry smoothed away by the hand of the prince of peace. God, if you're going to have a son, what would you call his name? My child, I would call him Jesus. Glory to God in the highest and on earth. Peace among those with whom he is well pleased. God bless you all. And thank you for allowing me to be here over these last weeks. And I will be praying for you in the, in the weeks and months to come. Congratulations again on having RJ come. You will enjoy him. He is a wonderful, wonderful pastor. And he will, you will love him and he will love you. So God bless you in the weeks, months, and years to come. Please depart with this blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his, his, his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. God bless you all. Go in peace. <laughs>